Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Lightning Round Podcast with your hosts, Garrett Sisti and Jamie Hoyle. Go Chargers, go! Welcome everybody to Lightning Round Podcast. Today we got a special guest. It is Craig. Uh, he's going to talk with us in just a second. But first, uh, of course, we got Jamie. He's at Lightning underscore Round. Craig's going to give his handle in a little bit. It's Top Flight, if you don't oh, know, nice. on Mentioned Twitter. Last. Thanks. Appreciate and then, that. Uh, well, <laughs> we got a guest now, Jamie. <laughs> you see where you fall. Guest first. So. I'm a good host. Uh, before we get into it, let's. Uh, we got a quick little donation this week that uh, we'll read. It's from Luke Seal, who says, You guys run not only just the best Chargers podcast, but the best football podcast around. I've, been, I've learned so much from listening. Thank you. Keep up your great work. Bolt up. Luke, man, we appreciate it. That is awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, very, very kind of you. So thank you. Yeah, thank you, Luke. Much appreciated. So, like I mentioned, Craig Smith, he's here with us. He's top underscore flight, and the E is a three, right, Craig? That's right. T-O-P underscore F-L-Y-T three. Yeah, and uh, probably one of our more favorite follows on Twitter. Very objective. We like that uh, he keeps it real. So uh, you'll... You'll get to know him, and uh, he's going to kind of break down this Bengals matchup this weekend. So let's just get right into it and talk about this Bengals offense. Jamie, start us off. How are you feeling? 
Uh, well, obviously, I mean, they're a very talented offense. They have the ability to put up points in bunches. Um, they don't always do that on a consistent basis, but they definitely have the weapons to do so. Um, I like their offensive line. They have a big physical offensive line that excels at the second level. Uh, their tackles in particular, Jonah Williams and Riley Reef are playing really well, as is Quentin Spain, their left guard. I think there are some points that the Chargers can attack uh, with their center. Trey Hopkins, I believe, and their right guard, Adenogy. Um, there are some opportunities there in the gaps to get them with some blitzes. Uh, skill positions are fantastic. Obviously, Joe Burrow uh, in his sophomore season having a really good year. Um, Joe Mixon, phenomenal running back. Great balance, speed, power, outstanding hands, changes changes direction on a dime. Uh, he, he can do it all, and they've got a very diverse receiving core. Uh, led by, of course, rookie Jamar Chase. They've got Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins also in the wide receiver group. And they don't use their tight ends much, but they did just call up Randy Moss's son, uh, Thaddeus, Thaddeus, I think, yep. Yep, mm-hmm. last Thaddeus. week. Oh, that was Chargers' favorite during draft season. Yeah, it was. Everybody wanted him. <laughs> uh, um, and they've also got um, Azuma at tight end a couple guys that they, they throw some screens to, but they don't use their tight ends all that much. But this is a group that. They can get you at all levels of the defense. They they really excel running the ball, I think. Um, they're, they run the ball well downhill. They also like to run toss sweeps. They mix in a lot of jet sweeps uh, to use their speed on the edges. They're effective in all aspects of the running game, and they can hurt you short, intermediate, and deep in the passing game. Uh, lots of things to like about this offense, and I think um, you know some, some areas where you can hopefully attack them. I mentioned the weaknesses in the middle of the line. I think you can get after Burrow. Uh, pressure seems to rattle him a little bit. Uh, you want you don't really want to make him run, and to be honest, he doesn't want to run that much. Uh, he wants to stay in the pocket. Even when he gets out of the pocket, he's usually looking to pass the ball more often than not. Um, you want to pressure him from his left and up the middle as much as possible and really um, make him dance. Give him happy feet. Make him move around. He can become kind of frenetic in the pocket if he starts feeling pressure early in the rep. Uh, you just don't want to give him a chance to sit back in the pocket and pick you apart. So let's break this down uh, one by one then, Jamie, since you went through the entire offense. Craig, let's talk about Joe Burrow. How are you feeling about Burrow so far this season? Um, so far, he's kind of doing his thing. He's living up to the expectations in his second year. I know that he had that horrible injury in year one. So, you know, everyone didn't really get to see what he was made of fully. But what we did see was that, you know, he's definitely a guy who can play in and out of the pocket. He does have the ability to scramble, even though, like Jamie mentioned, he doesn't necessarily like to run around. Um, He does have the ability to. We saw that last year when we played against him and kind of made a mockery of our defense, which wasn't all that difficult when we're talking about cover threes. And God, I can't believe I'm still talking about cover three. Um, So (laughs) beyond that, uh, Joe Burrow, uh, I had the experience of watching him firsthand. I actually went to the UT uh, I'm sorry, University of Texas LSU game last season. And um, being from Louisiana, I keep up with the Tigers pretty religiously. So um, excellent quarterback. Of course, we all know that when it comes to the comparison between he and Herbert, that's going to be a career long thing. And, uh, you know, so far, so good this season. But uh, I think it's going to be a pretty terrific matchup between the two. But um, like Jamie mentioned, 
if you can get pressure up the middle against him, he gets a little frenetic. Um, and that's where the weakness of that offensive line is. So uh, let's see if guys come through guns blaze and we can get some stunts, maybe some blitzes uh, on the inside with Tranquil and the other guys, a little bit of Kaiser up there as well. And uh, they can definitely make it happen if they want it. Yeah, I mean, Burrow's been pretty hot this season. Uh, fairly accurate, uh, kind of going behind that strong run game. That uh, offensive line, while it's not great, yeah, there's that weakness up the middle, but they've given them enough time to operate. And this is going to be a real test for the Chargers because they haven't really had a – they haven't played a good quarterback since, what, like week six against the Ravens? I mean, it's been a while. So uh, they got a good one on Sunday. Uh, pressure, obviously, a good thing like you guys are mentioning – but uh, just just watching this offense and Joe Burrow, it's like Burrow, while he's played great, is far from perfect. There are two to three times, if not four times during this game, where Burrow's going to make a mistake. No doubt. He does it every game. He's either going to make a throw that's uh, in too tight of a window, he's going to throw it up in traffic, or he's just going to make a bad read. And when the Bengals have lost this season, teams have made them play, or made, them, made Burrow pay. So... You know, it just seems like if the Chargers could take advantage of Burrow and these mistakes, when they've lost, in the four losses, he's thrown eight interceptions. He's got 12 picks in 11 games. I mean, this is not a perfect quarterback. He's good. A lot of that has to do with the trust in his receivers, sometimes almost too much. He'll kind of loft balls up. He'll uh, think that his he'll just want his receivers to come down and make a play more times than not. And if you can come down with a couple of those, uh, you got a good chance of winning. So the Chargers are going to have to make Burrow pay on Sunday and force some turnovers for sure. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Garrett. Um, I noticed, especially against the the Browns and even against the Raiders, uh, Burrow was forcing a lot of balls into tight windows. And Burrow, while very talented, obviously, does not have the arm that somebody like a, that somebody like a, a Justin Herbert has. So there are opportunities where he is almost guiding or lofting or floating balls into tight windows and the balls aren't getting there and the corners are breaking them up instead of picking them off. I think there are going to be some opportunities, particularly in the short and intermediate passing games where they might have an opportunity to jump some routes because he's not driving the ball home the way you would expect a former number one overall pick to do so. Um, the arm just doesn't seem like it's as strong. I don't know if he still doesn't trust his legs. He's not getting off that back foot and driving, but it just doesn't seem as powerful as I would have expected. It almost seems in some, I hate to use this word, but in some cases it seems a little soft. Um, and in some cases they'll call deep plays and he'll just throw it up for grabs down the field, whether the safety's there or not. So uh, there are going to be opportunities to pick off the ball and make plays uh, for the Chargers secondary. I think they've got to be physical with these corners at the line of scrimmage make them work to get off the line. Um, you want to keep certainly um, a safety over the top of Jamar Chase whenever possible. You don't want to leave any of the Chargers corners one-on-one -on -one with him down the field. Um, and I think we'll see a lot of cover two this week. He seemed to struggle with cover two a lot like Justin Herbert does. Uh, very quick to dump the ball off against cover two where he's much more aggressive against cover three. So maybe give him some cover three looks, drop into cover two, maybe see if you can force some, some interceptions in the middle of the field there where he's maybe not reading the defense quite as well. Last week, the Chargers faced a pretty good trio in uh, Patrick and Judy and Sutton, and they held them to 68 yards between them. 
Patrick had 26. Judy had 25. Sutton had 17. This is going to be another one where uh, they got to keep Chase, Higgins, Boyd, uh, and have that uh, that top on the defense like you mentioned, Jamie. I mean, these three can stretch the field. Um, I, there's a really good chance that Asante Samuel Jr. will not be back this week, and they could definitely use him, but he won't be there. And the thing that stuck out to me in these receivers when you're talking about them is just how good they are as blockers on the outside. I mean, these Chargers corners have got to get aggressive in the run game this week. Uh, if they sit back, these receivers will stick to you. Mixon is very effective off the edges, and so the Chargers got a lot of work to do this weekend. So um, just kind of like you guys mentioned a little bit, um, as far as what Burrow does to kind of pinpoint or where he's looking to guide the ball more often than not, he's going to go to Jamar Chase as often as humanly possible. Of course, we know there's that comfort level level there from their days at LSU. But as far as the rest of the wide receiving core is concerned, because Chase has kind of cooled off in the last few weeks, um, T. Higgins has been getting a lot of run. And uh, Tyler Boyd is always that third guy that you have to be aware of. Um, and even in where the tight ends are concerned, they may not use them a ton, but Uzama had a strong start to the season. And if Moss is going to get in there, he's less of a guy that's going to threaten you up the field vertically. He's more of a post-up guy. He's going to use his body to kind of catch balls as maybe like a little bit of a safety net for Burrow. But as far as the wide receiver core in general as a whole, um, they've got pretty much all the elements. They can attack you at every level of the field. Um, and definitely dink and dunk you underneath. And you also have to look for Joe Mixon because he's a great receiver as well. So they've got it in every facet in the receiving game. But um, if anything, particularly what I would love to see is there be like a bracket over the top of Jamar Chase. And maybe even they could, the Chargers don't have a Darrell Revis, of course, but they could kind of implore that same tactic that uh, the Jets used to do. Um, you would take Revis or your best corner, whoever that happens to be. In this case, it's going to be uh, Davis and put him on the number two receiver. So maybe T Higgins. And then you bracket Jamar Chase with the safety over the top in Campbell. So um, I think it's something they might want to take a look at doing as well. I mean, you talked about Joe Mixon, and we haven't talked about the marquee player of this offense. How? Talk to me about your feelings on Joe Mixon, Craig. Oh, I love Joe Mixon as a running back. Extremely decisive. Um, he's kind of got literally every element you want. Uh, in a lot of ways, he reminds me of Austin Eckler, if you think of just a guy that's bigger. Um, he's really decisive in hitting holes. He doesn't really hesitate a bunch. He's got the power to back it up. He can, you know, he's not used as much as a receiver as Eckler is, but they also have all those weapons on the outside and the tight ends as well. But one of those marquee running backs in the league, and he's been hot the last few weeks. Uh, I think he has touchdowns in what four or five straight games, um, eight. and he's eight. Oh, okay, so I mean, he's been <laughs> doing his thing for real. He's literally been kind of the centerpiece. And if you look at the last two weeks, Burrow hasn't had to throw a ton of balls. I don't think he's got much in the way of yardage or attempts just in the last two weeks. They've been pounding the rock with Mixon, and uh, Burrow's kind of been playing second fiddle to that. But he's been able to perform pretty admirably in those last few games because they've been giving the ball to Mixon more. So if that's the strategy for this week, then we know, uh, just like every other week, uh, the running game is going to be a problem. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's having himself a season behind the Cincy O-line. He's what, third in the league in rushing yards, eight straight games with a touchdown. I mean, he's running wild. And, you know, even in the four losses that since he's had, he's rushed for under 70 yards. But even in the seven wins, twice he's run for under 70 yards. So it's not like the recipe is stop mix and stop the Bengals. I mean, this is a multidimensional offense. So it's not just, you know, in a lot of weeks, we were talking about how if you stop the run, you could take away anything if you, you know, let 
Kirk Cousin beat beat you, for instance, or whatever. But um, you know, this is just not one of those offenses. They they can throw the ball, they can run the ball, they got they got players all over the place. So, you know, last last week against the Steelers, Mixon had 165. He had 123 the week before that against the Raiders. I mean, they are coming off a red hot Cincy offense, and Joe Mixon is the ahead of all that. He's playing at his best. Mm-hmm. And like like Craig mentioned, I mean, he's a receiving threat. He's got two receiving touchdowns this week uh, this year, and he's just showing his, he's an all around back this season. So. The Chargers are gonna have their hands full, and um, and it's not just stop the mix and stop the Bengals. Unfortunately, uh, they got to stop the run and figure out some way to do it. But uh, Joe Mixon, man, he's having a hell of a season. Yeah, he really is. He's been fantastic. Yeah, so you know, I think Jamie kind of touched on this a bit also about Joe Burrow. Um, I don't think he one hundred percent trusts that leg just yet. Um, you see it a ton when he drops back. And he's looking to kind of uncork and let a ball uh, deep. And this is why a few of them actually end up floating on him and they end up being kind of like 50-50 balls. He's not planning on that back foot and driving off of it. Everything's coming out high and almost floating when he lets it go deep. So like you guys mentioned, there are going to be opportunities in the secondary. Now, it would be really awesome to have Asante Samuel Jr. for this game. But uh, hopefully what that means is maybe a bigger game for like a Nasir Adderley or anybody back there in the deep third, Um, you know, Tavon Campbell. Yikes. But um, we'll see how that goes. (laughs) Yeah, I I have a feeling this is going to be a big game for Tyler Boyd. I think you're going to see a lot of Boyd on Chris Harris Jr. and Tavon Campbell as they're moving between CB2 and CB3. And I think Boyd is going to eat them up in the middle of the field. I just I don't think the Chargers can cover him. Yeah, it's it's going to be a tough sled for this Charger defense. But let's uh, let's move to the other side of the ball. And uh, I think when we talk about this defense, we got to talk about these Ed rushers because Trey Hendricks and Sam Hubbard they've got uh, a good duo there, Jamie. Yeah, very talented pair of edge rushers. Uh, I think Hubbard's got eight sacks. Hendricks got eleven, if I'm not mistaken, something like that. Mm-hmm. Ten and um, a half for Hendricks. I think seven for Hubbard. Okay, close enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're in the ballpark. <laughs> <laughs> um, both guys are playing really well. They the Bengals don't need to blitz a whole lot. They do like to blitz. They like a lot of um, a lot of the uh, the slot blitzes. They use quite a bit um, to try to add extra pressure, but. They can get home with four against pretty much any line in the league because of the, as well as Hubbard and Hendricks are playing. So, or Hendrickson, I should say, are playing. So, I, you know, I'm not too worried about Rashawn Slater on the left side. I think whether it's Hendrickson or Hubbard, and I'm sure the the two of them will be rotating from each side of the line. Um, I think Slater can handle it. I just think they're going to have to be creative about how they handle whoever is on the right side. Um, some chips, some double teams maybe throw waves of blockers at them. Um, it's it's going to be a challenge for that right side to handle whoever is rushing from the right side. So very talented pair of edge rushers, and I think uh, how the Chargers control them and what they do in terms of providing a pocket for Justin Herbert is going to be huge this week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Hendrickson, uh, definitely their best pass rusher, is going to go against Slater and, for the most of the game. And, uh, you know, you don't have to really worry about Rashawn Slater, which has kind of been the unsung hero. Nobody's really talking about it, but being one of the better left tackles in this league so far this season. So you don't have to worry about too much of Slater, but he's going to have a tough go with Hendrickson. But that right side, though, 
with Sam Hubbard, Storm Norton. I mean, that's going to be a problem for the Chargers. And, uh, you know, the interior is not too bad either. I, they've had some good games from DJ Reader, uh, BJ Hill, Larry Ogunjobi. I mean, they've had some solid pieces in the middle too. This whole line from uh, middle to end have been very good. Yeah, I think Reader's their highest graded player by PFF. He's up around like 86 or 87 from PFF for the year. He's been phenomenal. Seeing a guy that size play that well in the middle of that line really hurts your soul as a Chargers fan as they're they're rolling Tillery and Covington and Jones <laughs> and all these guys out there. Um, but Reader's been fantastic. I think you can take advantage of Ogunjobi a little bit. BJ Hill's playing well. Um, to- Topu, I think, is another guy you can take advantage of when he and Ogunjobi are in the lineup together in the middle of that defense. Um, but it's going to be tough sledding running against them. They're very physical. Um, they're very disciplined. Their linebacker play isn't all that great, I don't think, but they're very good up front. Yeah, I'm a little uh, worried about some of our interior uh, blocking as well. I'm not sure if uh, Filer's definitely coming back this week or not, but if we have to have another week of Kelamete, then um, that's going to be a huge issue as well. Outside of just that edge pressure, um, if Herbert's going to be eating it from uh, pressure up the middle with the pocket pushed back into his lap, then uh, that's a whole nother problem in itself. And that's going to disrupt anything quick. Um, it's going to affect the rushing game as well because we know they like to lot, run a little bit of power to the left side, some off-tackle stuff. But um, if Kelamente's in there and there's no filer, then that's a additional issue that they're going to have to find a way to account for. And you're playing with a, a bunch of backup guys on the offensive line in different spots spread throughout, a little bit of patchwork. But we know what the right side is. We definitely know that uh, Kelamente didn't have the best game on last week. So you're just adding kind of another issue to uh, what already seems like a multitude of them on the offensive line. Didn't have the best game. Craig, you know, on yeah. this show, we are <laughs> brutally honest and you're being okay. really nice right now. So tell us what you really think. What I really feel like is that maybe he should look for other gainful employment because <laughs> football is not something that I believe he does very well at this point, but apparently people do. And um, I'm not here to make these decisions, not my call to make, but the dude's horrible. So if we're being, you know, 1,000% honest, I never want to see him play another snap of football for the Chargers. But apparently, I think I mentioned this before, I don't know if Brandon Hymas slept with one of the players' girlfriends or something, but it seems like he's not going to get on the field this year. So uh, we're going to hold our breath and cross our fingers. Hopefully, Filer can play. I, I'll take 70% Filer over Kelamete anytime. Yeah, I'll take rookie Hymas, who uh, the team says isn't ready, over uh, the future CarMax employee, mm. Kelamete. <laughs> so let's, uh, <laughs> let's move back to the second level. Uh, Jamie, what about these linebackers? How do you feel about these Bengals linebackers? Uh, Logan Wilson's having a pretty good year. Um, not all that impressed with Jermaine Pratt. I think as a whole, their linebacker core is probably the weakest part of their defensive unit yep. across the board. Uh, I think there are going to be opportunities to take advantage of them in coverage, particularly Pratt. Um, I saw on several occasions opposing offenses force Wilson to line up out wide against a tight end and just run him deep and throw over the top with a lot of success. So there, there should be some of that in the game plan. Um, I think, you know, Eli Apple is one of their starting corners. I think there are opportunities to hurt him with double moves and beat him deep. Um, you want to run, I think, a lot of bunch formations against this defense. 
force either Bates or Vaughn to come down in the box and play man-to-man defense and throw over the top of them, get them out of their cover two, make them play a little bit more cover three, um, create some space in the middle of the field and on the sidelines. Um, I I think there are going to be opportunities to take advantage of this secondary. Um, uh, now I'm blanking on his name. The other corner. Um, Adobe uh, Awuzie? Awuzie. Ch- Hilton? Mike Hilton? Chidobe. Chidobe Awuzie. Chidobe Chidobe Awuzie. Right? He's playing pretty well. Uh, he's oh, having yeah. a good year for them. Mike Hilton had a big pick against the Steelers. I think he's mm-hmm. another guy you can come after a little bit as long as you're not forcing the ball in the tight windows with him. Um, but I, I think overall there are going to be some opportunities to make some plays against their linebackers and their secondary, assuming they can protect Justin Herbert. You say tight windows, but that throw Roethlisberger made last Sunday to Hilton <laughs> basically was a handout. It was a pitch to Hilton. There was, it no, was awful. There was no window. Across his <laughs> body, across the other side of the hatch. He, he, his arm is cooked. To think that he can make that throw, he's out of his mind. But yeah, you know, I think uh, what you said, I agree with with the linebackers. This is definitely the spot they can attack. Now, uh, Logan Wilson, pretty good. Uh, Akeem Davis Gaither went down. And once Jermaine Pratt went in, the last two weeks, it seemed like the defense has kind of come into its own a little bit. But Pratt is not a good player. And you could mm-hmm. definitely target him. Uh, this is where you could definitely get after the Bengals because, you know, uh, while the corners aren't good on paper, they're having a pretty good season, at least a, a good couple games too. But this middle defense is susceptible. Yeah, it's pretty much like uh, wash, rinse, repeat. Uh, this should be another good week for running backs and tight ends, uh, particularly Eckler, because we know that is the receiving threat as of right now. Uh, don't know what uh, Jackson's doing this week. Not 100% sure, but you can't count on him to play for an entire game anyway. Uh, this should be a really good game for any of the tight ends um, literally across the board. Uh, of course, I've always been a proponent for more ball, balls going to Parham. But for what I'm sorry, Parham, he corrected all of us, didn't he? Um, That uh, you've got a guy that's a big body like that, who's extremely nimble for someone that size. Um, Cook, who's not my favorite tight end, hasn't been again being from Louisiana. I've watched him as a New Orleans Saint and they ran him out of town. Um, But, you know, again, should be a really good game for Austin Eckler. And at least one or two of the tight ends, Steven Anderson, should be a big factor in this game, um, whether they're utilizing him coming out of the backfield, lining him up um, on line, in line, or even if they spread him out. I personally am a proponent, much like Danny mentioned, of creating space against this defense. Um, the Chargers don't necessarily have the best personnel to do a lot of five-wide stuff, but if you want to incorporate some of those tight ends in that scheme, uh, you can kind of get whatever you want on on the outside and i mean i definitely want to stay away from jesse bates as much as possible because he's kind of like the catalyst for the secondary but um again if you want to attack those linebackers go at it all day long uh logan wilson if you can kind of find a way to isolate him or really remove him from the middle of the field get him out wide and expose the other guys perfect scheme um and again just get your tight ends involved as much as possible and austin eckler should have no less than mm, total 20, 25 carries this game or touches, should I say in between receptions and carries? Yeah. You know, this, uh, these corners for Cincinnati are real bad on paper. Uh, they played good the last couple weeks have had some, uh, shining moments throughout the year, but they've been real up and down. Chidobia woozy has been the real standout. He's been real good this season. Uh, teams have been going after Eli Apple. Uh, we talked to, he got an interception last week too. We talked about the Hilton interception, but you know, this, this team, 
looks like for the last two weeks they're on the upswing, uh, but they are not a very good tackling bunch. Um, their tackling in general has been up and down. But, um, you know, they after the bye, they lost two games and they played like you'd expect an Eli Apple and a Mike Hilton and a Shadobia Woozy to play. And then two games after that, which were the last two weeks, they've been on fire. So, uh, you know, it just seems like when you get a Woozy and Hilton in that zone coverage, they can shine. They look like they're top five zone corners in this league. But if you get them matched up on man and you spread them out wide like you guys are talking about, you're going to have a lot of success, you know. Uh, we're going to see because... We kind of talked about it um, uh, well, before we got on, but this is a real up and down bunch. You know, this team looks real, real good right now. Like they could be top in the AFC, but then other weeks they look awful and they look like the regular Bengals. It was we're used to seeing. So, you know, I don't know if this is going to be a letdown week for the Bengals, but either way, these corners have been playing pretty good and they can't just look at the names and be like, oh, we can take advantage of these guys. You got to respect them a little bit, but. They, you know, it's not like you can't take them seriously. They, they, you can go after them, but you got to respect them a little bit. I mean, this is a defense that what four or five weeks ago gave up 405 yards passing to Mike White and the Jets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, this is definitely a group that you can take advantage of. Um, you just have to be smart about how you do it, and you yeah. got to challenge the right people. So creating space is going to be huge. I think we need to see more of Anderson and Parham, uh, much less of McKitty, like none of McKitty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, and hopefully limit some of Cook's snaps. I mean, he's been productive at times, but the drops have been an issue. Um, I just think it's time to start phasing in the younger tight ends and getting them, not not all the younger tight ends, but Anderson and Parham, and getting them more reps and, <laughs> and trying to match them up with linebackers and, and even corners down the field a little bit to see if you can create some big plays. No, absolutely. Uh, guys, question for you. Since we're kind of talking about the offense a little bit here and, uh, you know, how to attack the Bengals, as far as the running game is concerned, we've all kind of watched this play out over the last, well, the entirety of the season. We don't have any clue who the RB2 is from week to week. If Jackson's not there, then literally just pick a name out of a hat. Um, unless it's Darius Bradwell for whatever reason. But, um, you know, what do you see as kind of uh, the best way to attack them in the running game? Where do you see the weakness in um, whether or not you want to try to, and this is if a guy like Bradwell is even playing this week, um, how much do you think it's beneficial to attack them in a power game as opposed to trying to get them on the edges and, uh, you know, I guess essentially outrun them with the speed of Eckler? I think you need to do a little bit of both, but I think they're probably going to have more success on the edges than they are with a power game between the tackles. Um, and I think you need to attack them on the edges for a couple of reasons. One, you want to take advantage of the speed. Two, you need to find ways to slow down Hendrickson and um, wow. and Hubbard. And Exactly, yep. Outside of just blocking them, you need to make them stop and think, make them hesitate. Mm-hmm. Use the you know, use some, they need to mix in some screens for sure. Get the running game out on the edges, use some reverses, um, some jet sweeps, try to get Eckler involved, maybe in a jet sweep instead of just running up the middle, um, and challenge these guys to be disciplined and make reads and think instead of just coming downfield and flying after Herbert. Yeah. They got to stretch them out. I was going to say that. I think the, the thing you got to do with how good their 
edge players have played, you got to run at them and use their speed against them and make them think a little bit more because they're, if they got to, if they're going to pin their ears back and just get after Herbert, it's going to be a long day for the chargers. So uh, screens like Jamie has mentioned is good, but they have got to stretch this team out. If you're going to run a power game between the tackles and go in those a B gaps, you're going up against Hill and reader and you're running into a brick wall. I mean, those guys are playing really good. And this outside, if you get one-on-one with these corners, this isn't a good tackling bunch. Like I talked about. So if you can get some one-on-one matchups with these corners, as you stretch it out on the outside, uh, I think there's some extra yards to be had there. So I think the only way you're going to be able to, I mean, obviously you got to do both. You can't be predictable and do it every time, but you got to spread them out and you got to stretch it this week. Okay, cool. Awesome. Absolutely. I think another key to play off of that, and the Rams used to do this a bunch, is they would run play action off of those stretch plays. I haven't seen a ton of that with the Chargers. Um, They usually run some off tackle inside play action, but not a ton of stretch. So if you can get that stretch game going, um, that can open up some things down the field, which um, I mean, are there. They've been there. Um, as much as a lot of people don't like to admit it. Um, but again, a lot of the deficiencies on the downfield passing has been for lack of explosive speed. And sometimes Herbert's just missing those reads. But um, I agree. If they can get some guys out on the edge, if they want to actually make the edges a focus, they can probably like parlay that to a bunch of uh, play action success as well. He's got the arm for it. We know it. Yeah. Um, it's just making the right reads after that point. Yeah. All right, well, let's uh, let's get into it. Do we think the Chargers will win this week? Are they losing? Are they back to 500? Jamie, what's the result here? I, I have a feeling the Chargers probably lose this game. And I know they've been bouncing back after tough losses, and everybody's counting on that. But I just, unless they can really limit possessions and slow the game down, I'm not sure they can match the Bengals score for score with the Bengals skill players. I just, I think there's going to be big plays down the field. I think um, Nixon's going to run the ball exceptionally well. um, And I think the chargers are going to have a hard time getting off the field and getting stops. So I have the Bengals winning this. I'm going to say, I think the chargers can score against the Bengals. I just don't think they can match them score for score. So I'll say chargers lose 31, 23. Mm, it's gonna be a shootout all right craig how about you uh, yep hate to rain on everybody's parade but at least i'm going second here so thanks Jamie. <laughs> um i'm definitely picking the Bengals to win this game for the exact same reasons um it's a little bit of a mirror match in the way that these teams are both consistently inconsistent but i think this just is a scenario where the Chargers just don't have enough of the horses that they need on the back end um specifically at corner uh, really just in that one spot. And then, you know, with Chris Harris Jr., who knows how that's going to work? Nothing's ever his fault. So, you know, whatever. We know how it's going to um, Craig. Yeah. So, um, honestly, I think it's going to be a situation where the Chargers can, can score. They just can't score with the Bengals in this game. And so um, I'm actually going to say it's a little bit bigger of a loss. I'm going to go with 34 to 23. Man, yeah. All right. Well, we all we all don't see the Chargers winning here. Uh, yeah, I, I, and they very well could win this game, to be honest with you. And it probably wouldn't surprise any of us because the Bengals could have a big letdown after this like hot streak and they've been up and down all year long. This could be just one where they come out flat and it wouldn't surprise anybody, but I just don't see that happening. This is, they are absolutely cooking right now. Um, and they're going on the road against one of the hottest teams. I think Joe Mixon is just going to be a huge issue. I think he's got multiple touchdowns on Sunday probably two. 
And I think what Craig is talking about is probably the key here is that the Chargers just don't have the cornerback depth to stop these Bengals wide receivers. And Herbert's going to have his hands full with these Cincy pass rushers. So I got the Bengals went into 26-20. So, well, hopefully uh, we just uh, did the reverse jinx and the Chargers get the win anyway. <laughs> but uh, we got them all losing. Uh, Jamie, we all know he's at lightning underscore round. Craig, let us know. Where are you at? Yep. So on Twitter, that's going to be top flight T-O-P underscore F-L-Y-T-3. And also um, got a little YouTube venture started at the flight deck um, every week. So that's going to be also the flight deck on YouTube. Uh, so F-L-Y-T-3-D-E-C-K. And um, looking forward to getting some more content out to you guys. Uh, I'm just talking as much charges as possible. It's really kind of all I do. Yeah, man. So go follow Craig. He's a good follow. We mentioned it earlier. Go go uh, subscribe on uh, YouTube to the New Orleans native. Thanks, Craig, for joining us. We appreciate it. Pleasure and honor, guys. Yeah. And laissez-les bon temps rouler, as they say, you right, buddy? It. You know it. <laughs> you right. know it. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.